Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, welcome back to the show, you knock-kneed bitch. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a podcast. It is. It is. That is correct. <laughs> I am the Brat's Hair Beads. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I am tired of niggas and these firecrackers all fucking ready. That's who I am. That's where I am... Right this now, on this evening. Yes, this is The Read, and thank you for coming back. And if you hear firecrackers, are, I can't do nothing about that. What are they firecrackers for? Um, Because it's not raining. <laughs> like, niggas don't need a reason. <laughs> they are um, just popping them just because. So. Well, welcome, folks. Hope you had a safe, prosperous weekend. Let's not waste time. We're going to start with some Black excellence, and this week we're giving it to one Kristen Clark. Kristen Clark is the first Black woman, as well as I believe the first woman of color, uh, to be the leader of the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. Um, I'm reading here that her parents are Jamaican immigrants. Hey, hey, hey family. Um, and she started working uh, with the Department of Justice when she was a federal prosecutor, and she was oversee- overseeing cases that dealt with police misconduct, hate crimes, human trafficking, so on and so forth. She also focused on voting rights and re- redistricting, um, and she has also worked with the NAACP's Legal Defense and Educational oh, amen. Fund. So, Black Lady... Running things over at the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. Um, so hopefully we can look forward to getting some actual justice <laughs> these days. So nod to you, Black Queen in Power. Also wanted to give a nod to one Chris Ganzi, owner of Dale View Biscuits and Beer. I read on because of themwecan.com that it is the first brewery black owned brewery that's a hard <laughs> word to say but you did brewery. it but you did it in new york brewing its own beer right there on site so apparently a lot of breweries have like companies that are cro- contracted to make their recipes like off-site i guess in like warehouses or factories or whatever and then like have it brought in Um, And this is the only Black-owned one in the city, according to this, that brews its own beer on site. And Chris says that he fell in love with beer and making it himself 10 years ago when his wife bought him a brewing kit for Father's Day. 
And that turned into him selling his own beer to friends wow. and family <laughs> and pop-up parties. And now having a whole restaurant situation where you can get his beer and and Southern Style Carolina Biscuits. Carolina Biscuits. That are made from his grandmother's recipe. Wow. So good. What is this place called? Beer and Biscuits? <laughs> Dale View Biscuits and Beer. It's in Brooklyn because of course. Of course. Uh, of course. Don't be foolish. Um, and the beers are named after lesser known civil rights activists. So you can learn a little something while you go and get your buzz on. Activists like Diane Nash. Wow. And it's like... <laughs> Got her face and name on the can. It's like official, bitch. Like you can go get you some beer yeah. and a nice biscuit. And this biscuit looks like it's got some seasoning, a little cheese, <laughs> probably some paprika, some pimento up in there. Okay, I'm not mad at this. This is like Oof. this is like right around the corner from Jade. I'm going. I'm finna tell her. Yeah, yeah we're going. Yeah. Go Fun. Have, let me know how it is. <laughs> no. I miss gluten. We're going to make you come. Oh, right. I wonder if they have a... You, I, you know I do it. I eat it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, <laughs> when it seems really worth but it. But you have I to, like, prepare yours. You know what? I will tell you is if this is worth your your intolerance. Yeah. I need, like, a week in, in advance. Okay. <laughs> just drink nothing but water and eat kale. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, it looks good. Shout out to Dale View. Hey, y'all, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough, okay? If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all, listen, we all know that life is full of the yada, yada, yada. You know, sometimes you sign up for a contract one place and then in order to get out of it, you got to send a million letters and go up there in person. And it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Like this could have been easier. OK, we've all dealt with the yada, yada before when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine print or, you know, even bills that just seem to keep going up every month for no dang reason. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then they charge you for every little thing until you might as well have just booked your ticket somewhere else. 
But it is possible to outsmart the yada yada, like triple checking airline deals and making sure everything you need is already included. So remember, you don't have to take the yada yada in life and you don't have to take it from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and not a yada yada. So stop by one of the over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide to sign up today. Um, okay. So let's get things going this week with our hot tops. Um, a black bottom skeet show. This week. <laughs> it sounds like the name of a porno. <laughs> and honestly, I'd be shocked if one of you hoes hasn't already done something like that on OnlyFans. Hop to it. <laughs> Now's the time. Amen. Um, Amen. Wow. So I went deep sea diving to the bottom of the barrel this week. Um, okay. Slow week. I think everyone was um, maybe tuned into Memorial Day weekend or the verses or what verses. <laughs> It was, I think, Timberland versus Swiss Beats Part 2 or something. I heard it was good. When the hell was this? <laughs> Yesterday? Oh, no, nigga. I completely missed that. And I don't know how because I was at the house. <laughs> so did I. My homegirl called me afterwards and was like, it was so good. So good. So good. <laughs> now we missed the show. Damn. But I'm used to it. I always miss them. I told y'all I miss everything. Damn. Like, I work and then I lay on my back and I stare at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, first up, it was a weird throwback Thursday. Lots of people in their feelings, including one Sean Puff Diddy Love Comey Puff. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. So, Puff Daddy um, decided to use Throwback Thursday as a time to post an old photograph of him and Jennifer Lopez walking with their fingers entwined. It looks like they were leaving a Barnes & Noble or something. I don't know where they were at. But he's in a whole Sean John uh, sweatsuit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she looks like she's cradling some magazines, maybe a Vanity Fair. It's giving very, you know, 2001. Yeah. To, um, and the caption was simply hashtag TBT. Now, Jennifer Lopez... Um, is not with Alex Rodriguez anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, n- now that I say that, she probably is. Because every time I think that she's not with him, she is. And every time I think that she's not, she is with him, she's not. Like, I can't... They've gone back and forth a few times, yeah. Many of the time. Right. I don't know how to... I can't. So, she left that motherfucker, and then she was, like, spotted... In, you know, Mercedes and stuff with um, her ex, Ben Affleck. And so people have been hashtagging Benefer and things like that and getting their nostalgia kick. Mm-hmm. And I suppose Puff Diddy Love is one of them. Um, as you may or may not know, they dated some 20 damn years ago. Some of y'all weren't even here. Oh, my God. It does not feel like it should have been that long ago. But, of course, it was. Yeah, it was God very damn. Amazing. Okay. long time ago. I'm you old. didn't have as many kids. You didn't have any. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe the sale had just came out. This was before that maybe shooting. Before tonight. <laughs> this, 
Yeah. This was before things got a little too niggerish for Jennifer. <laughs> I was like sitting here trying to remember around when they broke up and I was like, I remember there was a shooting story mm-hmm. in a club. club I feel yeah. like Shine was involved. Um, oof, we're Probably. going on a deep dive, aging myself. And um, I remember reading that Jennifer may or may not have been there. Anyway, you're correct. Things got way too nigga for Jennifer, and she was <laughs> like, nope. Exit me right on out of this bullshit, girl. <laughs> Yeah, this bad boy is no longer my entertainment. Mm-mm, no, I'm making movies. So, I um, I I guess that uh, Puffy has been feeling that old thing or whatever. They had like an undeniable chemistry. They were seen like um dancing some salsa shit together on Instagram Live together last year for mm-hmm. some sort of like a I don't know if it was like a I think it was like a charity stream on Instagram that celebrities were doing or whatnot. But he a nigga from Harlem and she's a girl from the Bronx. Right. Like it's just it. You know, <laughs> Could I make it any more obvious? <laughs> you know, he's a nigga with with money that didn't have money, and she's white Latina. So boom. Well, it's a match made in nigger heaven. In nigger heaven. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at, you know, them rekindling an old flame. I doubt it. It would happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, everyone loves nostalgia. You know, it's incredibly valuable these days. So, mm-hmm. and powerful. like I said, rebooting shows, movies, next songs, snacks, and relationships. Mm-mm. Let's reboot it all. No, and this Slavery is the Slavery snacks. Mm-mm. Rebooting slavery. Nope. We're going to reboot. <laughs> We're not doing that. A little Jim Crow. Mm-mm. Okay. You can't and reboot I'll... something that never went away. Mm. True. <laughs> but That's this fair. this ex bullshit, y'all need to leave your exes exactly where they at. Do not let them niggas come sniffing around again. This is their time. Don't do it. Yeah. This is peak season in more than one way. So just. Remember why you left that nigga in the first place. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of ex niggas doing way too much, Future is making headlines now for bothering Lori Harvey, who's just been minding her business. Oh, my God. Being light-skinned and having pretty eyes or whatever. Um, What a very pretty girl. I have to look this um, up now because I still think I've maybe heard her speak like twice, but... I don't know that I've ever noticed her. Oh, she is. Yeah, she is gorgeous. Oh, she's cute. But yeah, I saw this and I just, I'm really confused by Future because. Are you? I mean, <laughs> yes, because he act like, you know, every bitch want him and he got all these hoes and all this, which I'm sure is true. But then like for somebody like Lori Harvey to break up, I don't even know if she broke up with him, but for them to break up and for her to be with somebody <laughs> new it really doesn't matter. and for him to react multiple, like this is not the first time I've heard something like this from Future about this girl. And it's just like, if you saw... This onion doesn't have many layers. But if you... It doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> like if you, if you this and that and that bad of a nigga and all the hoes in Atlanta and everywhere else won't you, then why are you so pressed over this girl? Okay, well, so for for clarity, there's a new song uh, by a rapper named Forty Two Doug. 
with two G's. Of course. Clarity. Sure it is. Isn't Doug the name of the dog from Up? Whatever. Um, so he has a song called Maybach. It features um what's features real name again? Natavius? Navadius. Navadius. Yeah, Navadius uh Wilkins. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Navadius Damun Wilburn. Oh, I was close. You were. I said Wilkins. You were very close. I was gonna give it to you. Um Yeah, so he's featured on the song and I was doing my little perusing around for nigga shit on Apple Music when this song was originally released, and I enjoyed it um, up until a point where Future raps the line, tell Steve Harvey I don't want her, referencing Laurie Harvey, Steve's daughter, stepdaughter, whatever you want right. to call her. Um, well, I ignored that, because <laughs> that was like... <laughs> That was kind of a headline last week or whenever the song actually came out. And I was just like, oh, future. Wow. You just. <laughs> just not <laughs> ever going to grow up. Huh? Okay. Yeah. But now it's back in the news because apparently it was way pettier than this. And the rapper 42 Doug released like the original verse that I guess didn't make the cut mm. where he continues from the tell Steve Harvey I don't want her to then saying, must have forgot to tell her daddy she begged me not to leave. Put baguettes on your ankles damn near up to your knees. <laughs> she didn't have a choice but to go fuck a lame after me. What? The lame I would suppose is, be Michael B. Jordan. Right. Although, I mean, this is not even the first time you've said this about one of your exes. Like, you swear yeah. everybody is downgrading after you, but they keep leaving you. So what? And is seeming the truth? ever so gleeful and just seeming <laughs> with their lame nigga. Right. Just so happy. So much happier. Just radiating like all it's, over the it's place. It's odd. Sierra, I've never seen that bitch look so blissful. So are you um, sure? Are you are you sure? Another part of the reason why I didn't say anything to this when I first heard about it is because I laugh like it you say tell Steve Harvey I don't want her, but she don't she don't won't want you either. You like she has why would she anybody has a man. be impressed about that? Like <laughs> And you have a girlfriend. Like Does he? She has a whole good looking ass nigga. You have a whole good-looking-ass lady. Why? Neither one of you want one another, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) He's so hurt. He's so mad that he didn't impregnate her. He is so mad. The gag is like... No, I think really at its core is that we're talking about... Like, Future has had 511 girlfriends since we've heard about her. Right. It's the women that are no longer with him that are clearly, explicitly, blatantly happy mm-hmm. without him right. that he talks about. He had flames for Sierra for, like, years. Mm. <laughs> like, on records, Dude. on in oh my tweets. God. He would not let her It was just constant, constant, constant stuff. And yes, they have like a kid in the middle of that as well. So it was more complicated than the Lori Harvey thing. But the Lori of it all and the sentiment (laughs) in the song is like, oh, there's something about your exes moving on and not thinking about you and being happy. That is like future sensitive. 
He's sensitive. Mm. And like let me look up his sign. He's I know he is Scorpio. <laughs> I almost don't want to know. Honestly. <laughs> um, watch him be a Virgo. Hell no, that nigga is a Scorpio, like I said. <laughs> oh, I well, that's why him and Drake are, are great friends. Um we but yes, like Steve Harvey also, he was on Ellen's show, I think earlier this year. Oh, yeah. And he mentioned, you know, Ellen brought up Michael B. Jordan and Lori dating. And Steve admitted that he has been trying to find or had been trying to find something wrong with Michael, but can't. And that he ran all the other niggas away, even the ones that snuck in the back door. He got rid of. All of the other ones. But he's met Michael's father. He's spoken to Michael for hours. They're great, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're fine and they're happy together. And he also mentioned that Michael could probably whoop his ass. So he hopes that him and Lori, you know, last forever because he can't jump on him. Right. Oh, so uh dad, you're so funny. Something. Right. (laughs) Something about that told me that Steve Harvey was like, look, I spoke to Sierra uh, I've done my research, and that nigga has got to go. You won't be bringing no matching dreads into this motherfucking house. So, naming your like, baby future, we won't be doing. Tell that. Uh, okay, future foreseen. You not naming that, not that nigga tomorrow. <laughs> Epiphany, intuition, like, none of that shit. Predict you not Leave naming it that all nigga. Alone. No. <laughs> So, but at the same time, like, I think more than the pettiness or anything, it's just like, it gets people talking about, it's it's this, you know, it's this, like, the rapper himself admitted, I mean, not Future, but the other, (laughs) the nigga whose song it is, um, admitted that he loved it. Because <laughs> the thing that frustrated me about it was not even the Lori Harvey thing. Because, again, these people are fucking rich. And the shade room and all of this stuff is probably, at worst, like a thorn in their paw. Right. And they're fine. You know? Um, but <laughs> the thing that frustrated me individually was I really enjoyed the song outside of that line. And I hate when niggas, like, make the song... Oh, this it's like now this is the song where you diss Lori Harvey unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like even when it's not something like this, when someone just makes the song about some petty beef that they have with someone else, and then the whole thing. It's just like now I can't listen to this song without thinking, oh, this is the fucking song where Future talks about Lori Harvey right. for no fucking reason. Right. And like you can say what you want to about it. That's the point. The kid said that he he told Future to say it three more times. That he loved it. He have no fucking problem with it. Him and Future both know that it runs talk up. It gets people streaming and running the numbers mm-hmm. and doing all that other stuff. Right. So besides it being petty, they know that it, it gets people talking and it it's beneficial for them just from a business sense. Mm-hmm. So... As a fan, like, I'm listening to the song. I'm like, oh, this shit ride. And then it's like, oh, tell Steve Harvey on a water. What the fuck? What? Like, you mean your girlfriend from, like, last year or year before? Whenever right. the fuck that ain't 
talking about that you have girl a that whole... also don't want you why are you even right if i was his girlfriend i would be like why are you still even thinking about Lori harvey <laughs> you have a whole other girlfriend oh my god and future is 37 years old <laughs> so he doesn't even have the benefit of being 24 like Lori, and you know you just young and in your feelings and out here being stupid or what that nigga is 37 years old going on 15 like at what point do you niggas grow up at what point do y'all think hmm therapy perhaps <laughs> maybe i should talk to somebody about the issues i have with women and children and life in general maybe i should try to get my shit together maybe i shouldn't be worried about my ex and i should focus on what i have going on right now like when w- when does the growth take place for these niggas because again you're 37 i feel like a lot of you like 16-year-old white kids named Jimmy and Brad have been tagging this nigga and he's sensitive. And y'all been tagging him (laughs) and Creed. Not Creed. Tagging him in pictures of Lori and Creed. And he's, you know, in his feelings and he's like, well, I'm a dishurting because Mr. Hightower said... I mean, and you just gonna have to be Mr. Hightower said... He wasn't hard to miss. You just... Wasn't that what he said? That was so funny. (laughs) You wasn't hard to miss. Wasn't, that's not like, what that's that. That's not a compliment. That's not. And you're saying you didn't. It see still her. blows my mind that nobody caught that. You just but. shat on her, and she smiled like. <laughs> yeah, no one caught it. <laughs> so there, yes, there, there, sensational. There is that, but like also log off. Maybe have somebody else manage your socials. Maybe not be so, like tuned in and so devoted to what people online are saying about you maybe worry about yourself like i want 37 year old people to do better than this like when jen whatever the new jen is called alpha z whoever the young ones are when they get to acting up i say oh it's because you still smell like your mama's titties fine but that nigga is my age yeah (laughs) grow the fuck up it's no excuse at this point. Just grow up. No, 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 no. He's a rap nigga. So, <laughs> so we won't be doing that. He'll be an adolescent for at least another 10 years. 13. And the women that's... around him will enable it. Yeah. Every step of the fucking way. I already know it. So, you know, I'm I'm actually really happy for Lori Harvey. Not just that she got out, but that apparently she got what she came to get. Perhaps it was jewelry, bags, shoes, some Instagram pictures, trips, some good dick. I'm sure Future got good dick, if nothing else. Um, I mean, at least have that. And and when she was done collecting her fun things, it looks like she left and went to, you know, a nigga that eats vegetables and exercises and sleeps regularly and doesn't do an assortment thing. of drugs every goddamn. Like, like, Michael B. Jordan looks to have his life a lot more together. <laughs> I would just like to just discuss it. And he is also like, I mean, he is younger than future, but still way older than like a good 10 years older than Lori, but like younger than future and still seems to have his life more together than future does. So I feel like it's a lot of, and and like is legitimately successful. Like, like, I mean, they're both. I mean, yes, but Michael B. Jordan, um, I would say is more successful in future or is successful in a more substantial way whereas future is a rap nigga and you know once this once this mumble rap wave is gone future will be gone with it um 
Whereas I see Michael B. Jordan's career, you know, only going up from here. So I'm sure he's sensitive about it in a lot of different ways. And the fact that you decided to call this man a lame is also very curious to me because it's like, what exactly is so lame about Michael B. Jordan? I'd love to know. Is it that he's not doing a a party selection of drugs in the club? Is it that he doesn't have 18 different fucking baby mamas? Is it that he be at the house? He has to spit in the face of a woman first. See, it's like, I ain't never seen this nigga publicly disrespect nobody, so therefore he ain't shit. That's a bitch. And it's like... Meanwhile, if they had an actual fist fight, I'm sure Michael would whoop that nigga's ass. I mean, he has boxing training yeah, I mean, for being he has like I'm just saying trained to fight some people take care of themselves all you fight. can do is talk shit or shoot a gun maybe or have somebody else shoot a gun but I'm sure if it actually came down to an actual man to man combat you would get your ass beat any of these people for the record I don't think any of these people actually care about this I think that Lori Harvey at best got into the group chat with some rolling eyes, and they all clown this nigga. Mm-hmm. Michael very likely laughed. He also probably was in a group chat laughing at this nigga. And Future dapped up this rap nigga who he gave, you know, a shade room headline, yeah. and they all went back to their respective nigga business. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I guess as fun as you want to make it in conversation as regular folks, but these people are fine. This is stupid. Yeah, I could see Lori taking a screenshot and putting it in the group chat, like, nigga still ate my ass, though. <laughs> right. They <laughs> farted directly in your nostrils. <laughs> pink eye and everything you don't get pink eye that way all right yeah we're getting again allegedly we're going on anyway anyway Portia Williams admits to having gotten her fiance's middle name tattooed on her neck girl leave me alone (laughs) and that she believes getting tattoos representative of your partner is romantic and it's a way to show Mm -hmm. that you love them no, I, I can't prove it, but Bravo Andy is behind this somehow. I believe it. He is. I sincerely do. <laughs> he is. I think he's got... Y'all motherfuckers worried about Fauci. <laughs> Andy's the one microchipping the girls, <laughs> is my theory. Oh, yes. And we need to get to the truth. Expound upon that, because I feel like there's an app involved in everything. And he got Portia doing shit. Like, because this just don't... It's one thing to pull stunts and shit for a storyline, but a whole ass tattoo. Please say psych. Has anybody actually seen this tattoo? Does it really exist? I didn't see it, but I don't know why she would make it. Is it like one of them iron on patches where after a couple of days it's going to fall right back off? Or is this an actual below the skin ink tattoo? What's the contract giving? Right. I need to know. I need to know. Cause was it a lump sum? It's just too many details about this story that's not making no sense. Especially the I fact that her husband, baby daddy, or whatever, and this nigga are like still cool and just smoking cigars and acting like Listen, this ain't nothing. Like, I'm sorry, it's something about this story smoking not brisket. Up. It's not marinating no. chickens, <laughs> just barbecuing together and watching the game, slamming dominoes. I'm no, mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. The more details come out about this, the less I believe the story. I just want to understand 
for education. You scoop this nigga up from under, underneath somebody else. Ready to be married to him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they just gave his current wife, like, I think she had to evacu- ev- evacuate. She had to evacuate the premises of their home, like, <gasps> two, three days no. ago. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, what? Apparently, she had till May 28th to get the fuck up. Oh, wait, no, wait. <gasps> Don't is it May? What month is this? It? Are we in I that? mean, it's technically June now, but yes. <sighs> yeah, she had till May 28th to get her ass. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if if Porsche's got a U-Haul out there or if, if that's been... I don't know what's... But a, a name tattoo as well? Not even something symbolic? You couldn't get, like... I don't know. You you can right. tattoo, like, a, a can of Metamucil or something that is represented. Like, something... I don't... <gasps> Mm. What's going on? I, right. That's what I said. Like, the more details come out, the less this story makes sense to me. Like, the less believable it comes. I just, I just don't, I don't know. It's, if it's Andy and, and then Portia cooked up this big idea and Andy was like, yes, I will cut the check because apparently this last season was very dry and you niggas was over it. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's just, it's just too many parts of this that are a fucking wreck. And it's no way this girl, what's her name? Phelan? Fallon? Like, she has to be on the next I season, right? It's Phelan. She should be. You know, I don't trust it, but at the same time, it's going to fucking work because I am going to watch it. So, ugh, kudos to you, bitch. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Andy keeps that in his back pocket until he's ever so ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he might be like, no, nah, girl, I'm sorry, Phelan. We don't have a spot for you this season. And then right when it's right, re- like, right when the time is right, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Marlo gonna have a, a friend of the show come in on a certain episode, and it's gonna be this girl. Or Kenya, it'll probably be Kenya. Or Kenya and Marlo, <laughs> if they don't hate each other at the time or whatever. Right. But... The girls are going to be like, oh, I'm bringing a special friend. It's going to be failing. And then the receipts, then scandal, and then blah, blah, blah. And then the reunion, and then scandal, and then receipts, and then scandal. And then these <laughs> niggas will be divorced. And you're going to cover the tattoo up with, like, I don't know, the, the dragon dog from Never Ending Story. I'm so tired. So yeah. listen, the thing is, I, why are we still tatting people's names? That's another thing. It's right up there with buying a nigga shoes. And you just don't do it. <laughs> Listen, but the thing is, you can hit hit them. <laughs> you knocked that whole computer off. <laughs> Nobody would have known if you would have just <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck I was talking Um, shit. What was Listen, it? I don't even remember. I lost my whole ass train of thought. I had a good one too, whatever. It I was. believe it. You, you clearly meant it because you were just gesturing. I just don't understand the purpose of like getting someone's name tattooed on you. Yeah. When you like save that for someone that you are likely never gonna hate. 
like your grandma or your baby or your dog. <laughs> well, you might hate that mother. Well, damn, damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you never fucking know. Your baby will be a not baby one day, and then they'll have the capacity to disappoint your ass. But you, your grandma or your goldfish or your a pet. You know a pet is a good one. Yes, your tabby. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe no humans, but definitely your, pets. <laughs> maybe your nail technician. Mm. Um, no, I feel like that's just asking for disaster. Yeah, possibly. You do that, and the next time you go, she didn't disinfect the tools, and now you got a fucking infection in your pinky toenail or whatever. Like, don't. I say just wait for the person to die. Wait for them yes. to go ahead and die. Yes. So it's like, oh, the way I feel about them is likely not going to change. Not ever. No, no, no. Like right. all my cousins when my meemaw died. <laughs> or really so like just, every nigga. As soon as they grandma died, niggas get their grandma name and them angel wings and all that. <laughs> there it is. Like how niggas get tears tattooed on their face with, for everybody that they take every life. Yikes. You could do something like that. But like not a crime and heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you lose someone through regular circumstances that aren't a felony, like, <laughs> oh, now I will tattoo your name because yeah. I will miss you and whatever Brandy and Shaka Khan and them said. So, um, I don't really... But Portia. <laughs> right. But Portia and, you know, but Bravo, but Andy Cohen, but reality TV. So, but I mean, for the regulars out there, getting a nigga's name tattooed on you, almost never a good idea. And I never. just, I don't see the, I don't see the need for it. Is me signing this contract to be with you not enough? How is that not enough? I'm signing a legal document. Saying that you and I are in a partnership with each other. What could be more serious than that? I feel like this man is also going to expect for you to engage in sexual intercourse with him. Absolutely. And I'm not doing that either. (laughs) I feel like you've signed up for enough. You tattoos as well. You know, it's it's she doesn't have to fuck the hot dog man no more. So I guess that's a step up, but still. I'm not getting a nigga's name I mean, tattooed on me. I'm just not doing it. I don't care how much money you got. It might be better than having to ask him if you can go down to Onyx or to Magic City with your girls like she used to do. Right. I mean, but has, but, has Portia not made her own money at this point? I really feel like she has. That's what I'm saying. I'm lost. Yeah. Oh, but this nigga got money, money. He got fuck work money. <laughs> So what? <laughs> they live in Atlanta. I'm just saying, the girls, you know, things get real hazy once you start talking about multi-millions. Girl, they live in Atlanta. The wasps got mansions. <laughs> I don't under I'm what else do we have? I feel you. Um I feel you. Summer Walker wants for you guys uh, to fuck off no. and stop talking about her baby because <laughs> She feed her baby whatever she right. want to feed her baby. And girl, we just want you to nourish that nigga. We want. just want you to nourish that nigga. <laughs> That's literally all. Stop giving that infant raw fucking honey, which babies are not even supposed to fucking have. 
give that baby some fucking titty milk or breast milk and 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 stop with the bullshit. She told us she was gonna do this shit too. I don't know why niggas she thought did. she was lying. She, Child, she made some flaxseed gel and some fucking honey nut clusters and said, This is it. Wow. And then posted the I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That <laughs> but when I saw that picture, I was just like, how do you really think nobody is gonna have first of all, even if your baby is like even if you are doing everything quote unquote perfectly, people are gonna have something to say about the way you parent for regular everyday ass people. So of course they have something to say about famous people. Secondly, you are doing things that go against clearly established guidelines for infants. And you thought niggas wasn't gonna say nothing about it. And the baby look tiny as fuck. So people are like, God damn. Is your infant malnourished? What's going on? You thought nobody was going to have anything to say about it? I'm sorry. She really confuses the fuck out of me. I don't get her. <laughs> I'm mostly confused. Like, I... I'm just, like, gagged at the bravery and posting anything to do with this baby at all when you had to know people were going to had try to. to find any reason to roast you just because of the comments that you've made about motherhood prior to being a mother yourself. You could have been feeding this baby directly from your breast Mm -hmm. and the baby could have been smiling and somebody (laughs) would have been like, why are you feeding that baby with a lace front on your head? Don't you know that lace front chemicals get into breast milk and will kill your baby? Like anybody would have found any reason. I'm not a parent and I don't really know anything about feeding kids or whatever. I didn't know nothing about babies not supposed to have honey. They're definitely not. Whatever. Like (laughs) I don't know nothing about that. So when I saw this, I was just like, girl, I'm shocked that you posted that baby included in anything because you had to know these people were going to drag you for it. Furthermore, I personally don't give a fuck what you put in that baby, to be honest. Like, me, maybe that makes me a terrible person. But, like, I, I'm i not looking at, like, gasoline. So, when, when she posted this, I was just like, okay, this kind of lines up with what I expected. Mm-mm, no. Or whatnot. I expected that there was, like, some sort of formula or milk head. But... I just don't care. Like, I I really don't care what Mm-mm. she... I don't care. I mean, I wouldn't care um, if it wasn't fucking honey because babies can literally get botulism and you really should not give children... Never heard of it. Well, I mean, you know, as a black girl, I was a junior... <laughs> I was a junior mother. Never mind. So, <laughs> but yes, you are really, really... I mean, and this, this I have known since the 90s. You are not supposed to give children bacteria. younger than one... Fucking honey. Growing on improperly sterilized canned meats Leave. and other preserved goods. I just don't understand. It's a rare poisoning caused by toxins produced in. Okay, child. Like, listen, God bless us, everyone. God bless and every one of us. Summer Walker's child, because this is fucking great. Like, and I just don't, like you said, I don't know what she thought was going to happen. Even if she was doing everything according to everybody's guidelines and nobody should have had anything to say about it, niggas was going to have something to say. So why are you mad? Like, I don't, not even why are you mad, but what did you think was going to happen? I mean, I feel like if you're going to comment on, you know, what moms are feeding their kids, then moms People commenting on what you're feeding your kids, I guess, should also be fair play. But again, 
I don't know anything about, I don't really know a lot about what's whatever. I just feel like I would want for my kid to have tit milk or I would just give it formula because that just seems easiest and <laughs> I mean yeah and there's a lot of debate like the girls will really debate you about breast milk versus formula and nobody nobody is like contesting that breast milk is not best but there are a lot of situations where people can breastfeed or breast milk is not available and formula was developed like literally for that purpose so that your baby can still eat and thrive even if you are unable or unwilling or whatever else to produce breast milk. So I don't even get involved in that. Like, I don't even care about the pureed fruits and whatever the fuck else. I don't care about none of that. It was that fucking jar of honey that had me go, okay, are you out of your mind? Has the Hotep literally, like, has it infested your thinking process? Because this is literally unsafe. The rest of that shit, I don't care. Are we even sure that this was, like, that she put honey in this thing? I mean, I don't know. Wasn't it just in like her holding bottle? this child and then it was like an assortment of greetings on a, a table? picture of her holding a child, her holding the baby like outside. Looks like <laughs> they're not gardening out there. They need to be gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw a comment that said, I know she's not feeding this baby seeds and honey and shrooms. <laughs> but then there's a photo of like a counter. And there's like a blender here that has hemp seed and honey and stuff in it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what that is. But there's like a baby bottle in the picture as well. No caption or anything as well in it. But the bottle is empty. So people assume that this is her like preparing stuff for the baby. Um, But. Again, I don't know if. If she has been giving the baby honey and shouldn't be, at the very least, I hope that she has looked at this and read about it or talked to a professional and is like, oh, okay, damn, not going to do that anymore. Because, again, this is a new mom. Yeah. And moms, new and old, take to the internet for all kinds of help. That's one of, it's actually an incredibly lucrative corner mm-hmm. of internet. And it can be very useful for that as well. Right. So, you know, there's that. But when I saw this, I, my initial reaction to it was like, what the fuck? Who gives a fuck what this lady is feeding her goddamn baby? Like, I'm never going to meet this baby. I'm likely never going to meet her. Mm-hmm. The same way I didn't understand why she was so pressed about people feeding their baby, you know, formula and smuckers or what? I just like. I mean, and she said, <laughs> all you need is a couple of plums and maybe a grapefruit or two and your baby can eat for a month. Like, and this was before, I think before she was even pregnant. So I'm not yeah, even it shocked. It's just it, for me, it was absolutely the honey thing. I wouldn't have blinked. I wouldn't have blunk. <laughs> I really would not have blinked twice at this otherwise. And I see now this Instagram story post where she was like, y'all talking about post the baby, but y'all also roasting this baby whose face you can't even see. And I don't think people are roasting the baby sister. I actually think people are roasting you because the baby did not go to Whole Foods or whatever and pick out that honey for herself. She didn't do that. You did that. And if you're not actually feeding her the honey, then fine. But in <clears throat> in this post, it definitely looked like you was mixing up hemp seeds and 
and mushroom powder and all this shit into some sort of formula type drink for this baby. And so, of course, people are going to have something to say because it is unsafe for infants younger than one to have honey. And if you didn't know it, now you know it. But now you know it. So just. <sighs> I want to assume that this lady has um, moms in her life. I mean, not, yeah, Erica Badu was her doula, right? <laughs> so there you go. Like, I'm not concerned about this lady or her baby at all. Maybe that makes me a heartless monster, but I don't give a fuck. No, about I don't think her. it makes you heartless. I just, I just am still questioning what the fuck she thought was going to happen, especially with a substance like honey, where every every mother on the internet knows that you, or most, I should say, because clearly at least one don't know, but. <laughs> Honey and babies, girl, that was an instant. Like, that was absolutely going to get the shade room fired up. So, best of luck. Um, Comedian DC Young Fly had a show, a comedy show in, where was this? At L- No, this wasn't in Atlanta. Oakland, I believe. Uh, where he had to knock... A heckler the fuck out directly on stage. What? Oh, Some man who was very this. likely drunk walked. I couldn't find a, a punch. A, a punch. I couldn't find a video of the the punch itself. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see footage of him actually striking this man. But I saw a video of him sort of pacing on stage after the fact. And the person being escorted out. But he apparently, like, literally knocked this man out on stage at Tommy T's Comedy Club in Pleasanton. Well. <laughs> and then had that man escorted out and then continued on with the show and making everyone laugh. Um, Sir, no complaints on this end. If it's one thing I can't stand, especially at a fucking comedy show, it's a heckler. Do you know how much fucking work comics put in to get up on stage mm-hmm. and crack themselves open and entertain your ungrateful stupid drunk high dumb asses <laughs> and you want to come out and like inter- like the amount of work it's not even just like I mean different comedians have different approaches to the way that they perform but most of the time when you come up with a set that in many cases even if it's like 5-10 minutes long takes years to perfect right you're like you have to like you have to be like synced in to like your your mind and like your memory like like you're in you have to you're you're in a pocket mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like people doing the most and disturbing that if you're really good and and capable of adapting then you can like finesse your way through that and make it funny you know you should at the very least try to do that i guess but mm-hmm. It's just annoying as fuck when somebody, especially in situations like stand-up comedy, improv, uh, like live stage shows, like plays, musicals, like those types of things. When people heckle, oh my gosh, it just drives me fucking nuts. It's so cringe. It makes the, like trying to watch the performer deal with it and like suppress their annoyance or discomfort for the sake of the show that they're trying to put on. It's just, 
it sucks for everyone involved except your stupid ass. And so <laughs> someone like this young man or anyone else, especially a young black person, knocking a motherfucker out for doing too much at a show. I'm you're like, no complaints in this corner, sir. And then continue to tell his fucking jokes and have everybody cracking up and clapping and standing on their fucking feet. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Sit your ass down and respect people with their time on the fucking stage. They're de- they're doing a fucking job. Nobody comes down to your fucking job where they don't work and stands on the fucking table and, you know, gets drunk and starts, I don't know, calling, trying to take a picture with you or whatever. Like, don't be weird. Right. My only question is, like, how did this even happen? Like, was this man seated on stage, the heckler? Because I know. Because no. I've seen shows like that where sometimes people are actually seated on stage. So, like, did you just bring your ass up on stage? Like, how did y'all even get close enough for him to have to knock you the fuck out? Did this nigga leave the stage and punch him? I think that he just, like, went up on stage from the crowd. Oh, no. Oh, then you needed your ass beat. You actually lucky security didn't get to you first. He was not seated on stage. (laughs) He just went up there. Like, Oh, no. Mm -mm. You was too drunk. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a Michael Jackson concert. It's just, it's a comedy club somewhere in Oakland. So it probably wasn't that difficult to get up there. But Mm-mm. I guess he didn't expect this. Also, DC Young Fly is kind of like skinny. Right. So he probably thought, oh, this man funny and he's skinny. Like, But you're not part of the show. Him. Did nobody pay ticket money to come see you, random nigga in the crowd? So like sit your ass down and laugh and then call you an Uber and go home. Now you have to deal with the fact that you got slept live on stage mm-hmm. in front of everybody. <laughs> You're lucky I can't find a video of the actual impact. Um, I was going to say, is this the one show where somebody was not recording the entire fucking time? Because Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> Shout out to you, sir. What is it like? But yeah, I I don't have no sympathy for people who put themselves in stupid ass situations. You paid money for a show not to be the show. So sit down and enjoy the fucking show and act like you have some sense. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? We've told you. It's your girl, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, honey. And right now you can try it for free, girl, at ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I've actually used ZipRecruiter for my, for like my mm-hmm. own personal things on the back end. And it really does work pretty quickly. And I also appreciate that it's easy to use because, uh, you know, this aging brain of mine in technology works part in ways, which makes me sad, but that's a different conversation. Amp up your hiring performance with Zip Recruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now let's get back to show. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! 
This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, you know, we're going to end the hot tops there. There was another thing up there about Young Jeezy, but I don't. Mm-mm. It's not nope. that interesting. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's hot tops. It is time to read your letters. Yes, it is. Send your questions to askread at gmail.com. We may just read them aloud on the show. Our first letter comes from Benita, who says, I'm 23 years old and I live at home. With my mother, older sister, two brothers, and a younger niece. I come from a traditional South African family, which means that the expectation is that the kids will live at home until marriage. My mom is the hardest working person I know. She came here 27 years ago, not knowing English, and worked her way up at her job. All her hard work culminated in her finally buying a house for our family, but she still is at a middle class salary. Four years ago, she paid to bring both of my brothers from Africa to the U.S. and for them to get green cards. She planned to do this 20 years ago, but my father, who has passed away, was kind of trash and didn't want children that weren't his own living in his home. As a result, my brother, who's my brothers, who were 15, 13, 10 and 5 when my mother left, grew up without her. They've always been resentful about this, which is understandable. But now it seems like my oldest brother is taking it out on her. He's had a great job ever since he's been in the U.S., making well over $60,000 a year, but he pays for nothing in the house. He eats the food, uses the heat, drives the car, and lives completely free. Oh, and he's also 40 and married to a woman who still what? lives. What? I mean, he's, he's, he's much older than his sister, so he's 40 and married to a woman who still lives in Africa. I just graduated from college and I am unemployed, but even when I was working Making $5,000 a year, I would still give my mom $200 a month when I had it to spare. She told me last week that she asked my brother to help her pay for the electricity. And he said, well, it's your house. So that's not my responsibility. My question is, I want to know, can I be his ass? Every time I see him, (laughs) I want to fight him for treating my beautiful, caring mother like this. He acts entitled to get things for free because she left him when he was a kid. But he didn't see the years of blood, sweat, tears and fights with my dad that she put in to get him here now. Is there anything I can do to help that maybe does not involve violence? How would you talk to someone who is stubborn and entitled? What do I do with this stingy ass bitch? Thanks, Bonita. P.S. His excuse for not paying rent is that he wants to save to buy his own house and car, but he's been living free for four years. So surely he should have something saved up by now. All right. Um... What do we have for Benita? <laughs> I just okay. So you haven't said much to him about this yet, right? Right. Um, I would, I would suggest not starting with an ass whooping. I understand <laughs> the um, the desire. Truly, I do. Um, but I think that there's nothing wrong with the confrontation. Like, I absolutely would have a moment where I would pull him to the side. And I don't even think that this would be one of those things where I'm like, oh, you know, you can say 
how you honestly feel. You don't have to be like mean about it. Get me. Like maybe you don't have to get mean, but like I think I would absolutely be reading. Like mm-hmm. for sure. Like you're taking advantage of. Our, I don't really know the custom. Like I grew up Jamaican. Um, my pants were very much like get out, but please get out. <laughs> Slowly but quickly. <laughs> Make your but way please, to the exit. Exactly. <laughs> Get out in a state where you won't come back. <laughs> like, yeah. like, don't get out in a state where you're going to be calling Damn. me all of the fucking time. Or you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, get out when you are ready to get out. But, <laughs> oh. But get out. Dog, you don't have to hang around, girl. <laughs> so, your like, parents said, make sure you go when you leave. Yes. <laughs> Love you so much. Christmas. Don't Christmas. Come back. Don't come Christmas. Back. Got it. <laughs> so um the whole like, you know, staying at home or whatever until marriage was it? Yeah. Until you married? Like that I'm I'm I, I haven't really no like do done research on that part of, of the culture and stuff like that. But it's like, I would still say you're taking advantage of your mom because you're not paying for anything. And then you saying like, oh, well, it's not your house, so it's not your responsibility. Nigga, you 40. Help out. It's your mama. Like, am I missing something? Like, correct me if I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not South African. But what? Like, you're 40 years old. Like, help your mama out. Like, I don't understand. What is it that... What is how? What did what did I not receive in this letter that explains how Bonita has access to this reality and this information and this awareness and this nigga does not <laughs> about mom? Like, mm. why is it that that anybody has to come and be like nigga? Our mama has been busting our ass or whatever, and yeah, hey, she's also like. Our mom, <clears throat> help her the fuck out. Stop being a jerk. Right. I don't know. I'm a mama's boy, too. So I would, I don't give a fuck if you my sibling, cousin, daddy, <laughs> auntie. I don't care Anybody who it is. Get all it. my mama, I'm <laughs> right. going off. <laughs> off. Right. So. Um. So I understand that. I think... And I agree, like he should definitely be helping out, especially at his big age of 40 and making, you know, more money than anybody else in the house. Um, But I think, Benita, you are kind of um, not really understanding the impact or you know what? I won't even say this because I don't know your brother, so I don't I can't say the impact of what he's gone through. But I will say that I empathize a lot because his mother left him when he was 15 years old. which is an incredibly tender age. And he didn't even meet you until you were 18. So if I had to hazard a guess, I would say that, you know, four years ago when he was 36 and, you know, at this point he's lived more than half of his life without her. And so now he's in the States, like now that your daddy is gone, she can bring him over here and all this. I'm sure I am I am positive that he has a lot of issues wrapped up in the abandonment part of the of things. And he probably feels like, look, you wasn't there since I was 15. So, yeah, I'm gonna live in your house for free and eat up your groceries 
and drive your car and you're not going to put me out because you feel bad because you abandoned me when I was 15. Like, I'm sure that that has something to do with it. And I empathize a lot with your brother for that because that's a tough thing to go through. And that's something you can't understand. Like you saw the hard parts and the way your mama struggled and fighting with your daddy and all that about your siblings. But what he saw was that his mama wasn't there and she was in a whole nother country starting a whole nother family and he wasn't a part of it. So I would try to keep that in mind, but I would also talk to my brother, especially if y'all have like a decent relationship. I would definitely try to sit him down and be like, look, I understand why you're, why you do this. <laughs> like, I understand why you're just like, fuck it. I'm going to take what's mine and I don't give a fuck about nobody else. Like, I get that. And at the same time, mama has been busting her fucking ass. And yeah, she made decisions that hurt you, but ultimately she did what she thought was best for all of us. And at this point, like it feels like you're punishing her or us for 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 the way things are. And so, I mean, ultimately, this is not really your place. But most of us can't just sit back and watch a parent that we adore suffer and struggle while somebody is right there, like making things worse for them. So I would say something to him about it. But I also keep in mind that, like, as much as he doesn't understand what you saw growing up, you don't know what he went through growing up. And so just remember that, like, at least you had your mama. He didn't have like his mama left him at 15 years old. And yes, maybe it was for a better life for herself and eventually for her children. But as children, we don't see things in an adult way. We don't have that clarity. We don't have that maturity. It feels very personal. My mama left me. My mama abandoned me. So, yes, talk to him about it. But also keep in mind that like you don't really know what he went through and it's probably something that when it comes down to it, him and your mama are going to have to work out between themselves. But yes, a 40 year old man making more than $60,000 a year should definitely be chipping in to the household. 100%. Is he sending all his money back home to his wife in South Africa? Does he have a child in South Africa too? Like that would change maybe some of what I say, but he can afford to do something. I would, I would wager a guess. So if I were you, I would <laughs> skip the violence on this one. Um, but as far as like how you talk to somebody who is stubborn and entitled, I think you appeal to them by trying to empathize with them and where they're coming from in the first place. Because if you come at him straight with an attack, it's probably just going to raise his defenses up already, like more than what they are already at. So I would probably just come at him like that and then be like, however, like I understand what you are saying. However, mommy is working nonstop to try to get things done and take care of this house. And like, we are all a part of it. All of us are grown. So like everybody needs to be trying to help out as well. Like regardless of where you live, you have to contribute to the household in some way. If you're not paying bills then you should at least be cooking, running errands, cleaning up, like there's things you can do. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I would do. Like you said that, yeah, he's stingy and all this other stuff, but um, or talk to your mama about it and see if your mama feels like she is in a place where she can confront him about it. Although she might be feeling, you know, so much guilt over not being around him for so long that she's just like, oh, well, that's how he is. And I'm not going to rock the boat. That could be it as well. Um, yeah. 
But I don't think that a conversation where you are like genuinely concerned and coming at it from a place of love and understanding, I don't think that that's a bad idea. But I do think you have to go about it right because, you know, that's that's a very deep (laughs) parent wounds tend to be very deep. And that's a big one. So I would say tread lightly. Fair enough. Um, Okay, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. This letter comes from Marcus, who says, I want to know if I'm the problem or if my girlfriend is. And I will say right now that his girlfriend is white, so she is probably the problem. But um, I'm a 35-year-old black man in San Francisco. My partner of four years is an outgoing, social, and very attractive white woman. Recently, she said that she has some concerns about my social habits. I am openly an introvert and I don't care much for meeting new people, but I can turn on the charm and mingle when I want to. I just don't want to most of the time. I especially don't want to in majority white spaces or in spaces where people are rich. In San Francisco, this is the majority of spaces. My girlfriend doesn't seem to understand this. She's seen me in social settings where I turn on the charm and mingle and engage in small talk, but that happens in spaces that are inclusive, diverse, non-tech, and where people want to talk about something other than themselves. My partner sometimes says that she understands this, but most of the time she acts resentful of the fact that I'm not social and outgoing at every opportunity. Most recently, she was upset about me leaving early from a get-together with our neighbors. I tried to hint that I was only going because it was important to her, but I knew I would not like this party from the jump. We live in a majority white building in a wealthy, gentrified area of San Francisco. And when we got to the party, nobody talked to or made eye contact with me other than the two Asian women out of a sea of white people at this event. And all the conversations about our apartment and our life were directed solely at my girlfriend and not at me like I don't live there. I excused myself politely and left while my partner stayed for the rest of the evening. And although she didn't outwardly say so, she was annoyed at me for not mingling and getting to know the neighbors. Similar instances have happened over the course of our relationship. So please tell me, am I wrong? Should I be better at mingling in every setting? Or does my girlfriend need to do a better job of understanding where I'm coming from? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for your help. Sincerely, Marcus. You want to? Because I feel like I already know what I'm going to say. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, I these questions where y'all say, am I wrong, are almost always, the question is almost always not, am I wrong? Because you're okay. asking, are you wrong for your feelings? And there's, you're never wrong for your feelings. If you're introverted and you don't like talking to new people and all that, then you simply don't like it. But the fact that you are asking about a white woman... <laughs> And whether a white woman should be better understanding of the way a black man operates in white spaces. The answer to that is, of course she should. And why are you with a white woman who acts like she can't understand where you're coming from? That's my first question to you. Why are you with a white woman when you have explained to her explicitly, this is what's up. This is how I am. Yeah, you've seen me be charming and outgoing and and laughing and being the life of the party. But that's only when I feel like it or when I'm around other coloreds around people who make regular money and not millions of dollars. Like that's when you've seen me in my element, but this is the the rich whites of San Francisco is not my element. So of course I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel like, you know, turning the charm on or whatever. I'm coming to this because you care about it. 
And so I think your girlfriend should readjust her expectations to the point where it's like, okay, my man is doing this because he knows it's important to me. And so in return, I'm not going to ask anything from him other than like basic politeness and human decency, kindness, that sort of thing. I'm not going to ask him to be the entertainment at this event because that's not something he's comfortable doing. But no, you're not wrong for the way you feel. This feels incredibly simple. Um, I agree. You aren't wrong for the way that you feel. And it when, when it comes to like social settings and your desire to be there or lack thereof, I just simply don't believe it to be deep enough to even be worth all this. I don't give a fuck about any of these people the way that you do, girl. And it's as simple as that. I don't care to be mixing and mingling and playing no fucking cards of humanity and beer pong and fucking eating bagel bites and, and Totino's pizza rolls and shit with our white fucking neighbors. Maybe that's your tea and maybe it's not mine. Guess what? We don't have to be thing one and thing two to be in a fucking relationship. Okay, we don't have to have all of the same fucking interests and idiosyncrasies and all this other fucking shit. You want to sit up and play fucking Parcheesi and Jenga and all that shit with Brad and Melanie and them? Have at it. Have at it. Have a great time. I don't want to do that shit. And the fact that you're getting irked with me because I don't want to come and be your Negro arm candy for these fucking tech white people is is honestly annoying and it's offensive and it's unnecessary as fuck. I say leave this girl, period. That's how the fuck I feel about it for the same sentiment that my uh, co-host just, um, just <laughs> expressed. You're not going to be no white woman and be aggy with me because I'm not comfortable. As an already admitted introvert, admitted introvert, right. you could be like, you didn't say I'm introverted only around white people. It sounds like for it's you describe yourself as an introvert. So I'm assuming most gatherings you're to yourself or would prefer not to be there, etc. How the introvert story goes and stuff like that. But just as a Negro, as a black person in a space full of... I've been to San Francisco many the time. I know the whites that you're talking about. Okay. So... Yeah, for real. <laughs> you're not going to come and cross your motherfucking lips and me, bitch, and be like, oh, you got an issue now because I wanted to leave the function because I didn't... Want, like, are you kidding me? You could go. If you love them so much, <laughs> you could sleep right over there and play Twister with them and fucking whatever, connect for all the live long day. I say to like, it shouldn't even be that fucking serious. Are you kidding me? Like, who the fuck do you guys live next to? Bill Gates? I mean, in San Francisco, they really might. Like a bunch of little Bill Gateses. <laughs> is Tim Cook your fucking neighbor? Who is this girl trying to fucking impress? El- Elon Musk? Mm, Y'all niggas that. live next to Grimes? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. This whole, like, oh, you didn't mingle with the neighbors. Like, girl, fuck the neighbors. Who the fuck cares? Y'all need to move to New York. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding no, me? Y'all... I lived here about two years already. These, I don't know their name. Mm-mm. They don't know, they don't know mine. mine. It's beautiful. Like, 
They're lucky I hold the elevator door for their motherfucking asses. I don't give a fuck about them. At if all. I'm stuck in a fire, they stuck in a fire, bitch. We are all we got. I'm the, like, I don't know you to help you. You don't know me to help me. I do not give a fuck. And they are white as well. Now, <laughs> it's a gay Asian couple that I think just moved across from me not too long ago. Them, <laughs> if it's a fire, I you will gonna not knock on the me. door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But them whites, you better will, sniff and figure will, it out. <laughs> I will help out the gays. It's the same one that's always over there cooking something. And um, and they don't even, that's the thing, they don't even be cooking. I'm lying. It's the white couple that lives on, like, way on the other side of the fuck hall that cracks their door when they're cooking. And has the whole hall smelling like whatever the fuck it is that they're cooking, whatever. But the people next to me, like, that white couple, they just always have their door open. And they'll be in there, like, clinking glasses and gossiping or whatever the fuck. And it's like... It's not a hazard. or It's just annoying. Like, I don't know what it is about it that irks me. I can't even put, <laughs> like, my finger on it. But there's just something about, like, leaving my apartment for whatever reason, having to go wherever. And as soon as I step out, I hear your whole last conversation... And, like, I just, I don't know. I just feel, anyway, now I'm ranting over some shit that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I don't give a fuck about neighbors. And I I say that this should be simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to have a blast at every function that you have a blast at. Mm. You don't have to have a blast at every function that I have a fucking blast at. In fact, if it matters to you so much, make you a white homegirl or a white homeboy or a white NB at this motherfucking party, and you bitches (laughs) can be the one to to bounce around Silicon Valley and shit like that and go to all your white tech parties and stuff like that. I'm obviously not... That bitch, I'm the one that you come home to and we pop on Paramount Plus or whatever the fuck yeah. and, we, and we eat Hot Pockets. Mm-hmm. That's who the stream. fuck I am, yes. okay? So, like, stop it. What the fuck is it? You trying to parade your nigger boyfriend around to the fucking, <gasps> to the functions? What, what is it that, what, what, what's so, what's so oh, upsetting shit. to you that, that, that you're Aggie, that I don't, I don't want to mingle with our neighbors? So... Yeah, I don't give a fuck about none of that. (laughs) Who the fuck is your neighbor, LeBron? (laughs) Right, like you say this, like mingling with our neighbors is like a difference in salary for us or something. Right? I mean, honestly, maybe it is for white people. Because, you know, they they be getting jobs and promotions and everything through hookups and knowing somebody. It doesn't fucking matter this is not the white 1950s who the fuck cares if you bring your spouse to to dinner or to game night nobody no one that's odd yeah honestly marcus if i were you i would say you lucky my black ass even goes to anything even goes to any of this white shit because first of all san francisco no we're moving at the bare minimum we move into oakland and we move into a part of oakland where white people haven't taken over yet good (laughs) luck Right. So there's that. But like, you lucky I even go to this fake shit. You lucky I even go to this white bullshit where I'm not even comfortable. 
it's giving me like it's probably one of those things where there's a pocket of girl a pocket of women sitting around that came with their the men in their lives that are sitting around and you know you're not there so she can you know like I don't know it's giving me like weird white dramedy that I kind of half watch when <laughs> like I wake up in the middle of the night when we're on the road and I'm yes. in a hotel. And it's just what is on right now. Oh my yeah, and God. it's just what's on. And I'm like, oh, I really want some room service. And so then I order some tandies. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's available at 2 a.m. That's tandies and some late nasty night pizza. Menu. Right. Oh, my God. And like a BLT. Right. So like... <laughs> They'd be like, like, girl, it's six items on this menu. What do you want? <laughs> that's what this is giving me. Like, insecure white girl that's, like, sitting around the other white girls that are there with their successful, like, husbands yep. and boyfriends Tech and sp- whatever. And, like, your man left. And so you can't be like, oh, yeah, Lamont is the one over there. And he just bought... I don't... It's just stupid. This is stupid. Like... <laughs> If she can't respect the fact that you're an introvert and that's not your shit, especially as like one of the few faces with some color in it and this sea yeah. of white folks, then she probably doesn't need to be anywhere the fuck near you. If you're going to be with a white girl at le- or a white person, at least be with a white person who is like, oh, child, I get it. Right. And Have even if fun. she even if she can't understand it from an introvert point of view, she should be able to understand it from a I'm black and y'all not point of view. Like, she should be able to understand that. That is something that... Or respect it. Right. Like, but I I want y'all to demand more of your white partners. Your white woman should be able to understand that your black ass is not going to feel the same level of comfort she feels in white spaces. She really should. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, I think uh, she definitely needs to shift her understanding and you can continue to go or not go or whatever. I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't go to your building's mixer (laughs) just don't i don't see that as like some huge issue um and if it's it may not be like for her this is probably well i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt which is very generous of me i'm gonna say this is probably not even a racial thing for her it's probably a she's extroverted and you know, always wants people to like of her and not. likes She's mingling white. and all that. Right. And so she wants somebody who's like equally into the scene and being out there and chit chatting with strangers and all that shit. Like it may be that she needs somebody who is extroverted and not necessarily somebody who is white. Okay, well, go find them. <laughs> but yes, that's the thing. If she can't accept that you're not that, then she needs to go find what it is she actually wants. Right. And you deserve to be with somebody who can respect the way you feel about things. Because, like, if you were my man and we didn't have no other issues, it's just that I like to go to parties and you don't, then I would just go by my fucking self and be like, girl, my man is at the house. He don't do this bullshit. Like, that's not going to bother me that you don't want to come to this stupid shit in my building. I don't care about that. Like, that's not... I mean, it's not like the end of the world. That's not a a deal breaker for me. But if it's a deal breaker for her, then y'all should talk about it and let that be the broken deal how great are these people are these or they not. these spaces they not. they not if you can't even 
have a good time there without your man that doesn't want to be there being present. Right. Like, if you can't... Yeah, I still think this is a whole thing. I think it's, a, like, a look thing. I think it's. An, it sounds to me like it's an image thing of, oh, it's other people here that are coupled up. And I'm in a couple and I want to be able to like wear that personality on my sleeve and you not being here prevents me from doing that. Even though you could, you know, tell them to follow you on Instagram. She absolutely (laughs) sounds like the type that has endless pictures of y'all on her Instagram. Right. Or like when you're in the mood for it, y'all could have people come over or whatever. Like, it's not like you're saying I never want to speak to anybody who don't live here. But, you know, it's on your own time and it's in certain circumstances, like maybe when you can y'all can have a dinner party. So you bring some of your friends and she brings some of her weirdo neighbors from the building. And like then you feel more comfortable and everybody can get to know each other. Like there's a common ground here if y'all are both willing to find it. But if not, and it sounds like really this is more of her problem than yours. If she's not willing. Right. If she's not willing to understand where you're coming from, then I say it's time that. You get rid of that white girl and find you somebody else. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up the questions right there. If you have a question for us, send it to asktheread at gmail.com. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's time to do the read. Yes. Hallelujah. So, I have two quick things. I will just try to get out of the way as quickly as possible. One, I was watching some streamers today um, on Twitch. There was a lot of discussion. I guess some weird Twitch drama between Sipkit. The drama itself is really mm-hmm. um, irrelevant and childish and pointless, but um, one of the streamers in the midst of the drama is a young man who is white and, you know, speaks like Gen Z, where basically they have, like, this weird, like, <sighs> mutated version of what people call AAVE. Oh, um, Lord, what happened? <laughs> I just call it Zoomeries. You know how all of the kids... <laughs> how all of the kids say, on a stack, on God, two Virgils, bruh, no cap, this, oh, this, Lord. that, and third. Um, and so I saw a discussion from a Black streamer that I guess is friends with one of these kids. Um who turned this into a thing like some other people were trying to, because I guess one of the people that this, you know, Zoomery speaking kid had issues with 
was being mocked for the way that he speaks again. He and another person who was at the center of it, not black, but they just speak like kids these days. Right. And so then it turned into a thing where it's like, oh, well, these people are like talking down on black people and black culture because they're mocking the way that this kid speaks. And it's like, I feel like you're around the corner from um, a good point and the right sentiment. (laughs) But that's not exactly it. First of all, um, if you could hear the way that these kids speak, niggas don't talk like... Like, it's not even A-A-V-E, if that's what the fuck you want to say. It. Saying, on oh God, on oh God, on oh God, on a stack, on a stack, on a stack. Like, every two seconds, like, no one fucking talks like that. And then, also, like, black people aren't a monolith kid. Like, not every black kid gives a fuck about rap music and streetwear and hype beasts and all that stuff. Right. It's plenty of black kids that grow up and they fucking really only listen to rock music and you know they their interests are in like vans and skating there are kids that grow up listening to country and really only give a fuck about building cars and mutton sliding mutton chopping what's what you ride sheep the sheep rodeo thing i have no idea (laughs) oh no that's i'm sorry i'm country but i'm not that country (laughs) <laughs> there are surfer kids that grew up and listen to like metal and punk rock and shit like it's it's not th- that one way of being that one corner of the culture is not every corner furthermore you talk about people that are not black themselves and like you know you know that a huge percentage of these people's followings is the rolling loud community which they are also mostly white people non-black people that speak like this mm-hmm. so i think it's kind of problematic to insinuate or imply that someone making fun of kids there was a saturday night live sketch that they did i want to say it wasn't that long ago it was terrible of course but it was like it was just about the tiktok generation and how they speak it wasn't a bunch of black kids it was just like black culture is unabashedly pop culture now all sides of it hip-hop is like the leading facet of the cultures you know what i'm saying um, and it's not like, you know, the 90s, the early 2000s, and even before that, where I feel like whiteness was a bit more like insidious in its capitalism of hip hop culture and street culture and stuff like that. Now you just have non-black people looking you looking the culture directly in its face, wearing it as a costume. Like, what's the problem? Why can't I do this? This right. is an issue. So it's now less of like quote unquote black culture, and it's just like it's it's like a part of pop culture, especially for young people. And you kids know this because you're smack dab in the middle of it. So like when it comes to like defending your friends, especially the ones that aren't black. Like before you go and and jump out the window and say, oh well, this is you're you're being like racist or whatever because you're mocking a white kid for <laughs> speaking like what's his name in Malibu's most wanted. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> 
are laughing at like some privileged Asian kid that talks like Kodak Black. Like that's it. That's not. That's not a real issue for Black people. It isn't. If anything, there's probably more to talk about um, when it comes to all of the little white kids that follow y'all and absorb all of this content and take it right back to the suburbs and feel like they can say and do whatever the fuck they want to along the lines of the culture because they look up to y'all and y'all make it seem like they can say whatever the fuck they want to as long as they're subservient to you and your platform. It's odd. Yeah. Um, only other thing I wanted to talk about was I saw this video of Monique telling y'all to take y'all bonnet off. And... Um... <laughs> I love Monique. She's one of my favorite comics. Um, I don't think that's ever going to change. And I know that she tried to do like the auntie, mother, I love us for real, my sweet babies thing with this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess that was in an effort to not sound judgmental or feel like she's punching down or whatever. But I just still don't understand why some of us care so much what black people specifically and especially black women have on at the airport (laughs) and or the grocery store. I just don't get it. Monique says she was on her way to, I don't remember. She was on her way somewhere to go do I a show. I think Jacksonville. Yeah. To go and do a comedy show. And that when she was in the airport, she saw so many of her black sisters yeah. that had on like pajama pants and like bonnets and things like that. And it was, and, and then it became like, you know, Where's your pride in yourself? And, you know, how we need to think about the way that we present ourselves and, you know, tale as old as time, slave as old as mine. This is the thing. <laughs> the airport flying yeah. is just uncomfortable. Unless you consistently if not strictly and exclusively fly first class flying is uncomfortable you get there tsa wants you to get butt naked half of the goddamn time you shoulder to shoulder with people down at the shake shack down at the gate in the bathroom or wherever and then if you're flying in coach which you probably are you know what I'm saying? And that's a math thing, not a class thing. Most of the seats on the plane are coach. Right. If you're flying, that means that you're like elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder with somebody that might be a stranger, with babies that want to cry and vomit, with people kicking your chair or leaning their chair back into your sternum. It's uncomfortable. So if people want to be <laughs> as comfortable as they feel that they need to be without being, without like breaking the law, you know what I'm saying? Right. without indecent exposure or something. I don't understand why we can't just fucking let them. I only wear sweatpants to the airport. Only. Period. Or leggings for me. 
It's one of those. Like, you're not going to catch me in jeans. It Like, I only wear sweatpants and I will likely have on a hoodie if you see me in the airport. The only reason you don't see me with a bonnet on my head or a scarf too is because I don't have no fucking hair to wrap up. That's it. And that's why I feel like black women specifically get this heat. It's because niggas be dressed the same way as women in, in, in the airport as well. They just don't usually have their hair wrapped up because why? You know, like maybe some of them do if they have like dreads or something like that. Right. But most of the time, when it comes to bonnets and scarves and stuff like that, it's it's the women, right? But I is like I'm always wearing baggy, comfortable clothes when I go to the airport because I want to be comfortable. I know that that experience in itself is not comfortable, so I don't understand why. We should be, like, giving a PSA to people who are at the airport in their fucking bonnet or whatever the fuck. I just don't get it. Or the fucking grocery store. If I decide that I want to run down to fucking Publix or Morton's or wherever the fuck to pick up a couple of things here and there, some Funyuns and a and <laughs> a cutlet or two, I don't know, whatever, some dog care. food or some shit. Like, why the fuck... Do I need to have on like Gucci sneakers? I gotta put on my seven jeans and a Givenchy sweater to go down to the fucking supermarket. I didn't know you needed to wash and press to go and get some almond milk, sis. <laughs> Cause you don't. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like what? What? Who? Who the fuck is at the airport or at the grocery store for us to sincerely impress? Furthermore. I go to the airport and I see plenty of black women, black men in pajama sweatpants, bonnets, whatever, whatever the fuck. But I also see plenty of black women, black men and women that are not. Mm-hmm. So I'm not picking out the sprinkle of people that are dressed the way that Monique described and been like, damn, look at you. Because all of this is always steeped in white people are watching. That's it. I feel like if if the whole world was Wakanda, this wouldn't be a fucking issue. It's like I I I sincerely feel like it's like to me, I feel like it comes from a white people are watching place. I just don't get it. Like we're not talking about court. We're not talking about church. We're not talking about like somebody funeral or yeah. school. The airport? Who the fuck cares? Like, I I don't understand. It's not the fucking United Nations. Furthermore, I know the Bonnet Girls. I know the in the airport Bonnet Girls. I know the in Walmart Bonnet Girls. And eight, nine times out of ten, those are the ones that turn it when it comes to giving a look. Like, when it comes to actually presenting, like, I'm here to show up and look good, they're usually the ones that are showing the fuck up probably gonna Mm -hmm. look better than you do. Yeah. I'm sure, actually. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you are out somewhere and you see someone in a bonnet at Starbucks and you're like, damn, girl, you can just, like, brush your hair, do whatever, whatever... Like, you can keep that to yourself. I don't right. understand. I, I just don't think that, like, this is worth, you know, a poem. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel right. like... It's definitely not worth this Instagram video. <laughs> it's, it's just not. Like, let people get to their fucking gate wearing whatever. I don't... 
I just felt like it was stupid and I'm tired of us doing this fucking shit. Yeah, it definitely was. It was incredibly stupid. And like, I am not usually like, unless I just got my wig freshly laid, I am probably not wearing a bonnet out and about in the airport or anywhere else because I'm just not that girl. I don't have no problem with putting my shit up in a bun and calling it a day. However, I am fully on the side of people who do choose to do that because I very much believe in doing whatever the fuck you want to and not giving a fuck about what anybody else has to say about it. And I understand that Monique is like 50 something years old and comes from a generation that was still very much like brought up on respectability bullshit. But um, when she said like, when did, when did, when did y'all lose y'all's pride and and representation? And when did you when did you stop saying like, let me make sure I'm presentable every time I leave the house? I thought immediately some incredibly disrespectful things. Like maybe we lost it when we decided that our husbands weren't raising us anymore and that we were actually fully formed grown women who had our own minds and didn't depend on a man to do anything for us. And you made sure to specify that this was not about getting a man. Um, but at the same time, like Perhaps we abandoned it when we abandoned all the other dumb shit your generation grew up with and decided to internalize and pass on to their children. Maybe some of us saw the idiocy in the things that y'all believed and said, "Mm, that's not for us. Because when it comes right down to it, the way I dress should not dictate the way that I'm treated. I should be treated like a human being worthy of respect, regardless of what I look like. And that's what I've been trying to get y'all to understand for I don't know how long. I truly don't care how you're dressed or what you have on your head or even what white people are doing. I actually didn't even think of white people when I heard this story. I thought of old black church ladies because that's where I've heard this shit the most. This whole make sure you're looking like something when you leave out the house and first impressions are everything and all this. I'm not here for a first impression. Exactly. I actually don't care what the TSA girl or whoever is running the cashier job at uh, Shake Shack or whoever is in charge of the boarding process at gate T36. Like, I actually don't care what any of those people are thinking about me. If the finest motherfucker in the whole world is sitting next to me on this flight and they don't like me because of my bonnet, then guess what? That motherfucker is not meant for me. I don't care. I didn't miss an opportunity because I don't want to be with somebody who feels like I'm unworthy because of what I have on. That's your problem. You're worried about it. Right. I'm not literally here to (laughs) get someplace. I don't leave the house to impress y'all. I actually don't do anything to impress y'all. If you don't like it, then fine. Live your life the way you want to. You do a lot of things that I don't want for my own life. Very, very hella many. And I choose to let you live your life and do the things you want to do. Now, my problem was both that she said that shit that she said about like, when did we lose this respect? Like, girl, when did y'all ever have respect? When was it ever not about impressing other people and instead impressing your goddamn self? But furthermore, when she was like, oh, well, see, you know, the thing is, I just got to step in. You know, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and be like, baby girl, you need to show what you worth and show what you deserve and all this. People don't have to prove that. They simply are worthy. They simply are deserving of respect. People are not worthy of derision or disrespect because you don't like what they have on. And they don't have to impress you because who the fuck are you? No goddamn body. 
I don't care if you fucking Beyonce, Rihanna, Michelle Obama, you not no fucking body to tell other people how they should look. Fuck you. Mind your own fucking crazy ass, warped ass business and leave me the hell alone. It literally has nothing to do with you. Somebody's bonnet does not affect your life at all. You don't like it. So the fuck what? I don't like thousands of things I see every day. Does that mean I need I get to tap people on the shoulder and be like, excuse me, why don't you love yourself? Bitch, <laughs> excuse the fuck out of you. Why don't you love yourself? Why the hell would you come to me and say some shit like that to me? Like, I won't smack you in your fucking face. Who are you talking to and who do you think you are? People don't owe you nothing. That really pissed me off. And I'm not even one of those girls. That's the, like, I'm not even one of those people. But I fully stand with those people because we should be allowed to do whatever the fuck we want to do. I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. I actually love pissing y'all off. Please keep telling me how much you hate seeing us in fucking sweatpants or whatever else at the airport. Please keep saying it. And you got the audacity to be saying all this while your nipples is playing tic-tac-toe with your fucking belly button in this $30 Bath and Body Works robe. How dare you? You not even presentable right fucking now. But it's okay because you on Instagram instead of in the airport. What the hell is the logic there? No part of it made sense, child. I said, oh no, Monique is trolling us. Yeah. yeah well I'm done okay well I was going to talk about the Monique situation so thank you for letting me get that off my chest um, and I was also going to talk about what else Oklahoma because um, today actually is the 100 year anniversary of the, uh, anniversary of the Tulsa race riot where um, a black man <laughs> actually you know what if you don't know about the race riot please just look it up um, but I don't I actually don't know what happened to where all of a sudden people care about what happened in Oklahoma. But all of a sudden it's like this huge news story. Um, and I am glad that more people know now, um, especially about what happened to Black Wall Street and the <coughs> black neighborhoods. As somebody who grew up in Oklahoma on the north side of Tulsa with the rest of the niggas, I already knew um, about it. But this is actually not even about the race riot specifically, but it is about race because Oklahoma's governor, Kevin Stitt, um, just signed this bill into law that bans educators from teaching students like concepts about race and racism that blame it on a systemic issue instead of like an individual issue. So basically you can't teach critical race theory. You cannot teach the idea that racism is a systemic problem that has its roots in society and the way it operates as opposed to just, Oh, some people are racist. Now, of course, anybody who knows anything about racism and actually including these Republicans, they all know that that is very much true. And that is why they don't want you teaching it. But um, since they signed this, since he signed this bill into law, um, there is this teacher who came out because she has this class that she teaches um, at Oklahoma City Community College that was canceled because they have said, like, you literally can no longer teach these things about racial divisions and so yeah completely canceled her race and ethnicities class and the governor is talking about you know we should be able to teach history without telling young people that they are oppressors or making them feel guilt or shame based on their race and that's not fair and whatever else and it's not about that like it's literally not about making people feel bad it's not about teaching young children that they are oppressors. It's about teaching them the privilege that they have in the society that they did not work for. It's about teaching them the inequalities in society that exist 
based off nothing that matters. It's based off addressing the real issues of inequality in this country and in Oklahoma of all places where it is sorely needed. I just don't under, you know what? I almost said I don't understand, but of course I do understand why people will do anything to preserve white supremacy. So this is not something that should have surprised me. I'm just disgusted as always. And not just with the governor of Oklahoma in this decision, but with this country overall and the way we choose to pretend like the things that are not right, like it's right in front of our fucking faces. All you have to do is acknowledge that it's there and y'all fight so hard against that very basic thing. And even right now, like if you search on any social media site or on Google critical race theory, you will see a bunch of Republicans talking about this shit is wrong. They're teaching our kids that something is wrong with them and they're terrible people and we shouldn't have to deal with this and blah, blah, blah. It's literally teaching that racism is not just, oh, my uncle said something racist or my great granddaddy was in the KKK. It's about teaching people how racism affects every facet of life. Poverty, education, housing, schooling, food, the workplace, every single facet of society. It's about getting people to really understand the impact. And so, of course, y'all don't want people to learn because the more people who learn something about it, they might actually be inclined to fucking do something about it. So, of course, you don't. And that actually ties in with this whole Naomi Osaka thing. I don't even know if you heard about it, but um, sister said that she didn't want to do no more press because she gets very anxious around um, having to talk to the press after matches and all this other stuff. And she was willing to pay the fine to not do these interviews, but she just wasn't going to do them. And the organizers of what I think it's the French open that she was in were like, yeah, uh, don't get too big for your britches. Cause if you continue to act like this, then we might have to eject you from the tournament altogether. And she was like, actually, okay, fuck you. I'm going to just take my ball and go home and I'm going to sit back and chill. Let y'all think about how y'all really feel. And perhaps we will talk about this again at some point in the future. And of course, so many of the white fans of the sport are talking about how she should just suck it up and she should just deal with it. And this is part of being rich and part of being famous and part of being a tennis player. And no, black women get to say this is uncomfortable for me. This actually causes me a lot of fucking harm. And it has nothing to do with my actual job of going out there and hitting a ball over a net. And therefore, I don't want to do it. And she, it's not even like she was like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not going to pay the fine either because fuck y'all. She was willing to pay the $15,000 and keep on going with the fucking tournament. And they were the ones who decided to threaten her instead. And y'all don't want to teach people how racism affects that situation. Y'all don't want to teach people how black women have to deal with more bullshit when they get to this level of success and fame and whatever else, as opposed to any generic random ass white girl who might end up in the same position one day. It's just really fucking disgusting. And um, I feel like I say this every week, but I am so beyond tired of America and the way it treats us. Like we deserve so much better than this bullshit. <clears throat> All right. We done? Yes, I think that was everything on my spirit. So that wraps up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out at thisistheread.com and on social media at thisistheread. You can find our um, merch at shoptheread.com. Anything else from you before we get out of here? Nothing that I can think of. Um, 
you know, everybody chill out, have a good week, be safe, and we hope to see you next week. Bye, hoes.